0: Hi, hi. Jonathan here. A quick preamble before we start our amazing interview with Tiffany. This episode was actually supposed to be released last week, but due to the loveliness of nonlinear editing and scheduling restrictions, that was not the case. (laughs) So we reference an article Tiffany wrote. Please make no bearing towards the future tenses in this episode. This article is actually out today. There's no need to wait. So, required reading from yours truly after listening to this episode. Please go grab AOSA's publication of the Orf Echo. Find Tiffany's article and support her because it's an amazing article. <laughs> that said, let's get into this conversation with our phenomenal guest. Welcome to Chaotic Harmony. My name is John.
1: This is Crystal. We talk about the joys and the challenges of teaching music in the elementary school classroom.
0: We share struggles, we brainstorm solutions, and
1: we would love to have you join us.
0: Welcome to another episode of Chaotic Harmony. I am your host for today, Jonathan Seligman. And this is the first episode of season four, which is kind of wild. (laughs) We've been gone for quite a bit. But Chaotic Harmony is on the road once again, and I am today joined by a very special, special special guests. My <laughs> friend, your friend, everyone's friend. Who are you?
2: I am Tiffany Unarciberry.
0: Nice to meet you, Tiffany. I'm sorry. The internet is saying nice to meet you at, uh, collectively. <laughs> but if, if you don't know Tiffany, she is a fire. She's like a warmth. I remember when I first met you. It was like it was like a fire that's bringing all people together. It was like it was like a positive force. Everyone was just collectively coming and just so it was your your warmth. That's why I guess the, my best way to say it. Oh, sweet. Um, when did we meet? Remind me. It was like, um
2: I think we met in 2019 19? at the AOSA National Conference. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. You were running your session on On Philippi- Filipino
2: folk songs. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. and I had then, to go to
0: that one. It yeah. was my first Orf session, uh ORF conference. Were you on the first day or second day? Oh, I can't remember. No I think knows. I was on the second day. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, it was but regardless, it was like I need to go to this one and I did not regret it whatsoever. Was that
2: your first conference? That was my first oh, conference dang, ever. Yeah. Crazy. No.
0: So on Monday my first session was with Natasha okay. and then with you it was like it, okay. it was just a bunch of like this is a lot of wonderful stuff that yeah. I'm learning all together um, we're gonna get more and more deep into it but before we start uh, just for some housekeeping as you can tell this is another unique episode we haven't published content in a while and when Crystal and I are back in the studio also known as you know Crystal's house um, <laughs> we'll break it down and we'll catch you all up um, it's been a wild 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 journey since May but for housekeeping thank you everyone for your support um, we mentioned it earlier but something weird happened along the way but if you want to talk a buck our way to keep this train running um, while we continue as teachers and I'm not unemployed um, you can uh, find us at patreon.com ch classroom where you can not only contribute but get special merch and also extra stuff um, and also we do offer shirts if you're not able to toss a buck that's totally fine the good news is this is a free program it's open to all people as it should be um, all right so let's get back to you Tiffany so as we like to do in our episodes, we start with the program. Pro, we call the program notes. So, if you don't mind sharing, who are you and why are you here?
2: <laughs> and where are
0: we also physically? But let's start with who you are.
2: Oh, who am I? Um, I'm Tiffany. I am a cisgender Filipino American woman. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And um, I am a second-generation Filipino. So my parents immigrated here in the '70s, and then I was born in the United States. Actually, lived in Michigan, and then um, and then moved to California. And so um, and was in the East Bay for a few years, and then um, moved to the South Bay um, and lived there for about thirty plus years. And then now I'm in the Sacramento area, and um, I am a violinist, a vocalist, a music teacher. Um, I have written some stuff, and I um, and I present some things. And <laughs> as
0: mentioned earlier, yes.
2: <laughs> and uh, what else? And um, yeah, I just I I I'm me.
0: Well, unlike a lot of our guests, you are you still in the elementary?
2: I am, classroom? yes, okay, yes. You are. So I taught for 14 years um, in public school. Okay. I taught, um, actually, it was my first job out of the credential program um, at San Jose State. Um, I taught at Cambrian School District. Uh, I taught general music and band. And then, um, you know, was... Given different assignments, um, teaching like just um, kindergarten music, and then like also doing choir, hmm. and then um, my last my last um, school that I was at at Cambrian was a K eight steam school, um, where Best I team. was able to start an orchestra program, and then ukulele classes at the middle school, and then still do general music. So I've done I've done general music um, in the public school for. You know, 14 years. Mm -hmm. I was ORF certified um, at the start, or after my first year, because I really struggled after my first year of teaching general Mm, music back in too long time ago, (laughs) And, (laughs) um, and. and just realized, you know, I like the university didn't prepare me for for elementary music teaching. Um, I was ex- prepared okay. for ensemble teaching, but yeah. not enough in teaching all children music.
0: Were you aiming for being an elementary
1: music? No, teacher?
2: No, actually, I wanted to be a choir, or um, actually, no, I take that back. I really wanted to be a lounge singer. Oh, okay. so and uh, my parents um, were very strict and said, like, you know, I had to be a nurse or. Uh, mm-hmm. I had to major in the pre-approved majors by Filipino parents. And (laughs) and I did it secretively and they were really upset about it but um, you know, they got over it. And I ended up majoring in music and just wanting to sing um, and um, went on the classical route instead. Um, But then when I started performing a little bit, uh, I didn't like the evening rehearsal schedules you know and I I thought like I want to get married and have a family Mm -hmm. and you know I'll go into teaching and I was trained as a vocalist and string player so I should be a choir and orchestra director I want to do middle school and high school but as I was doing um, I would get part-time jobs and I was subbing and like oh I like teaching young children like this is really fun and like I I could do this and um, ended up getting my first job at Cambrian, which was K-5 general music, but not realizing just the demands on music teachers in the public school system. It, it, it's it's a lot. And, and It's not what
0: you expected, I'm it's guessing. It's not what I expected. Yeah. And,
2: and it was, um, you know, where in music, like we have a tendency to, um, at least like the way that we learn in the university system, like the students who you end up like teaching, in ensembles are the ones that want to be there right and they know they're choosing music and so there's like an investment already on their part Mm -hmm. um and you you actually see like a small population of the students in that school like because you know not all of them are taking band or choir or you know or orchestra um Whereas in general music, like you see everybody, you're like a classroom teacher, you see all the kids, whether or not they wanna be in music. And that is a different animal. And that was what, after my first year of teaching general music, um, I, was like there's gotta be a better way to like teach this instead of the way that I learned. There's and that's why that I did way. ORF sure. No yeah. Yeah, that's how I got introduced to it. And I was just I was either gonna do Kodai or ORF and I really almost went down the Kodai route uh, because I I am a vocalist and everyone was like, Oh yeah, you should do Kodai because you know you're a singer. And um but I remember I, I saw one of my um colleagues um uh, somebody in the opera that I was singing with um she was uh an orf teacher and she's i was supposed to observe um for a conducting class an ensemble but like that got canceled and then i just and she said well why don't you just come and see me at in saratoga and uh-huh. i said oh i guess so i'll i'll just do that <laughs> and um and then i saw her and i was just blown away at her like she taught like first graders um, what, what you know, what,
0: what captivated you when you just, just
2: the movement and like you know the I mean like my whole for the for the conducting class that I had to do an observation for it was on on nonverbal gestures mm-hmm. and you know evoking music from from um, from being nonverbal and just being you know just just from from um, your your um, your conducting and um, I just I was so. I was so amazed at her delivery and how she could get these first graders to follow her and move with her in an open space. And she didn't say very much. And I thought, and I remember, and I mean, this is a whole other story, but like, I had to, I was like, where did you learn how to teach like this? She said, you need to do orf levels. And mm. so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And then I had to write my observation. I wrote my observation for my conducting professor, um, Um, At the time and you know just went on about like nonverbal communication and Mm -hmm. how you know this elementary music teacher taught these first graders And I didn't get credit like when I turned I got back my paper, and he didn't give me credit because well when I I'm generally like a quiet student and like (laughs) I I was like Why didn't why didn't you give me credit for this and then he said "Um, because you didn't do the assignment you didn't see um, a, a conductor and I was like, "Oh!" And then I just went like, "I." And I don't normally like go off, but I did. I don't uh-huh. remember what I said, but I just said she was conducting. Yeah. She was conducting children. They were making music together. They were with her. They were following her, and she didn't say, um, she didn't say a word. And um, and they were with her, and that they were still making music. And anyway, as I was like going on and on to him, I could feel my face hot, and I'm sweating. Mm-hmm. And like you know, he ended up like writing like. You know, giving me credit like as I was
0: talking, I was like, "Okay, you defend your case." Thank you, and then I left. <laughs> okay.
2: So that was I, my introduction to sure. like
0: Orff work. Huh? Well, I, I did not know that. You thank you know. for sharing. No, thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, we can go in so many different angles, and in a typical interview with our guests. I would just go with the flow but i wanted to talk to you not just because you're an awesome educator well first actually i i I, uh, get to the earlier point so you don't just teach elementary music though currently
2: no i don't i also i also am an adjunct um, lecturer at san jose state so i advise um the undergraduates in the bachelor's of music ed Mm -hmm. program i also um Currently, I'm the administrative coordinator of the um, Summer Masters Program yeah, in, at San Jose State, <laughs> and then um, I also am um, one of the graduate advisors. Also, um, at, at, in the Summer Masters, um, I just got hired at Sac State mm-hmm. um, as an adjunct lecturer um, teaching Music 101, which is for um, liberal arts majors who need to um, incorporate music into their um, general classrooms. Um, So I just started that this semester. And then I just recently got um, approved to teach uh, ORF Level 1 through AOSA, so I'll get to do that
1: Yeah. I get
2: to do that. Actually, I'm going to do that at San Jose State. That'll be my first. Um, that'll be my first time teaching um, basic level one.
0: Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So. And I think that's pretty uh, segues pretty well into my. The, actually, what the meat of this is the, the fact you had a pretty long program. that's like more than u- usual, and that's not a thing of minus a negative element. It just showcases how much uh, osmosis you have to <laughs> offer us. But we, uh, today, I wanted to talk with you because. You wrote an article for the Orph Echo. The Orph Echo is the publication of AOSA, mm-hmm. um, which you all should check out, BT dubs. Uh, mm-hmm. But your article is coming out very soon. And I wanted to jump on it because you sent me a little draft of it. And it's like, hold up, this is really good stuff. We, I should talk to Tiffany about this. Um, so to, to our listeners, what is your article about? And what, what's it called? Because they should be looking for it because it should and what's it about in a nutshell
2: okay um well the article that's coming out in the fall issue of Mm -hmm. 2022 in the orfeco um is called aosa's teacher educators of color and um i basically found um i was looking for TEs of color um in aosa and um, i wanted to interview them and and just highlight their voices and, and um, just show the Orf community like who they who they are. And um, and so that's the article
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were mentioning how in that article um, you cite Schaefer in 2021 that there's over 50 percent of our student population in the US mm-hmm. are black, brown, indigenous and Asian, which feels really low, to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does say over. So I guess that compensates like it's over 50 yeah. percent. But yet 79 percent of our teachers are white. Mm-hmm. So that really means like 21 percent of our teachers are BBIA. Mm-hmm. Which is rather low. Mm -hmm. Um, um, For the ORF world, are teacher educators' percentage even lower? You said you only interviewed nine. We have 151 TEs, and you only interviewed nine. Are there only nine uh, people Um, of color, BBIA teacher educators?
2: There, well, um, when I... There, well, there are 151 that are that are on the that are active on okay. the, the teacher educator list okay. right now. Um, actually, there's a little bit more because I recently got you know I recently got approved to teach um, basic. So you know 152. There's also a few more, which mm-hmm. probably brings it up to 155ish. Okay, um, two of them, um, myself and then um, Tom Pierre. I think we are the the new TEs of color um but at the time when i was um uh, you know just trying to find who are who are the te's of color in aosa um and i was asking around i mean i was just like other te's or friends who are people of color like hey are, is this are, who are the te's of color that you know of mm-hmm. and um i mean actually like i had been asking this like like several years prior because i wanted to start the orf course at san jose state and really wanted to Bring um because San Jose State has a very um diverse population of students and mm-hmm. a d- diverse community, and i like it matters when you see somebody who's like you in a position of authority yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and um but for our listeners like I'm, I'm I feel like our listeners many of them know, but just, just to place it out there why is it important like you're focusing a lot on uh, teacher uh, teacher educa- educators of color teachers of color people of color why is that important why is it important to see someone that my l- well, actually, I'm spoiling my own views but <laughs> uh, <laughs> why isn't why is it important that you decide to write an article focusing on this population of people
2: um well I mean it's it just feels it feels safe to see somebody who has who looks like you mm just the similarity and being a being you know filipino and you know most of the people in that that um most of the teachers that i have had in my life have been white Mm -hmm. and i mean and that's not a bad thing but you know the one time i i saw a filipino teacher it was it moved me in a way that like i couldn't even identify as a child you know like i have you know obviously filipino parents and aunts and uncles but like you know in a child's world like you have these different places like you have the school you have like you know home and um those those environments have different dynamics Mm -hmm. and um seeing um you know where in in school where most of the people there are white you know and then i see somebody who is not who looks like me it's a trip (laughs) i was like i don't even and i i remember seeing her and and anyway this is this was i'm talking about my own personal experience in fourth grade where um, this was in hayward i was a um i was in choir and my choir teacher was filipino and her, her name is Victoria Schmidt. She's a Kodai teacher. Um, I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but anyway, I'm talking about her. She's amazing. Um, but I remember when I first saw her, uh-huh. I just like could not take my eyes off her. Every time she would walk like to and from the podium. And I, you know, like I just couldn't stop looking at her. Yeah. And um, I mean, and she was a talented musician and singer and very dynamic and, um, I I mean, I tripped out on her last name, too. I was like, her last name's Schmidt. Like, how come it's Schmidt? You know, <laughs> you know like, it must be, you know, and I wasn't, you know, I was in fourth grade, like, okay, maybe she's married to a white guy, um, which well, she was. But um, I just remember thinking, like, I, there's something about you. And it, it dawned on me that, like, you know, she looks like family. Like, mm. she looks like she could be my tita. And that was... Um, I don't know. Like when I when I think about that, like there's so much. There's so many layers to it, but like there's like an openness that I can kind of feel like inside of me that like, oh, I'm in like in a safe place with this person.
0: It feels like you can trust this person. Yeah,
2: because they know what it's like to be like this, and so like that or be me Mm -hmm. because we look the same and maybe. I don't know there's just there's just a safety there so and i I see it like with with you know over the years that i've been teaching um in public school and then also you know like when i'm at at my my uh, my private school right now um you know i can see it with the with the um the asian students like that i have um and the way that they see me like i identify that in the way that i have seen like other um Filipinos or Asian educators that are in positions of authority that are in these like you know um that hold power this way and
0: so I remember when I I mentioned earlier when I first met you Mm. there was a similar connection okay Uh, I was like well first off you're teaching songs Filipino songs like one of them I I, I grew up listening to is like I've not heard since I was like seven or such and yeah, I, I remember I was fully engaged in like while, wow, I learned a lot of great stuff that year, um, the stuff that you shared stuck with me in mm-hmm. a way that others didn't because mm-hmm. there was like almost a familial sense and there was a mm-hmm. connection similar to what you're mentioning. So yeah, I definitely I resonate with that. And like, I don't know as as, as, as I read more as I read through the like your article, like um, from your interviews and research, and also the people at interv- in the interviews, um, there seems to be something bigger than just what we teach. A lot of times when we talk about pedagogy, we talk about you know how do we teach coordinates, how do we teach uh, x, mm-hmm. y, and z. So in your own words, because um, you mentioned also rich rich learning experiences and successes in education can be, also be fraught with challenges that have nothing to do with pedagogy. Mm. Why do you feel it is?
2: Um... Well, I think it also um the, the 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 demands on a teacher are um so great, <laughs> especially now, like uh, you know, like post-pandemic, during the pandemic, prior to the pandemic too, like lack of funding and just like mm. the 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 experiences that teachers have and just this um you know, lack of uh um appreciation for the work that we do <laughs> in society um, and the way that it's seen, you know, historically for centuries. Um, and um, I think that um, as as teachers, we, there is this, so, there's so much emphasis on the children, which is important, like the children, like we, the, mm-hmm. the students and teaching, and like how are we going to get, how are we going to teach the students, how are we going to, you know, teach the music, and then on top of that, we're music teachers, which is like a sorely funded like subject area in the United States, yep. um, and um, just there, there's there's just a lot of obstacles in which like we are trying to teach children music. Um, and how to do it and how to pay for it and like how to provide access and like make it diverse mm-hmm. and like equitable and and all of those things. Um, and, and not to say that like only you know elementary teachers deal, deal with this like middle school music teachers and high school music teachers in the university as well. Um, but I, I guess what um, that quote is referring to is that um, you know we as teachers because we have all of these challenges that we deal with, um separate from how to teach like that's such a such a it's so draining for us to have to to have to um fight for funding to yes. also have to um fight for you know just just support for our our um for our subject area mm-hmm. and then being a person of color um and being one of the you know, maybe being like the only Filipino in mm-hmm. your in your department <laughs> yeah. and then also um, dealing with the, you know, just the um, systemic things that exist within a community or, or, or teaching environment or even just workplace where, um, you know, you are marginalized in in very small. Um, um, just um, just unspoken ways yeah. that you are cast aside and or pegged as you know uh, you know you know oh you're a person of color you should be the diversity expert or um, you know the uh, the little microaggressions that yeah. come you know with just being who you are in a place that still has systemic racism <laughs> that exists yeah, yeah. in every facet of our lives Definitely. still mm-hmm. and those. Are so taxing on, on teachers of color because, like, we have we're doing these jobs that, like, you know, lots of people are doing, white people are doing, just like you know, all teachers. Yet we have these challenges that we um, sometimes. don't feel like we are allowed to talk about or or even share because like we're just supposed to like this is part of the job. Like this is mm-hmm. what we do. This is how this is how we survive. This is this is resilience. This is like, you know, we gotta we gotta show our grit. And yeah. it takes I think it's um when we don't talk about it and we don't um it does it just perpetuates. It keeps
0: going. I like the perspective that you're taking this because I actually it was not what I thought you were gonna go. I mean that's completely fine. I think there is a huge sore lacking in Focusing, at least from an administrative perspective, focusing on the teacher themselves, um, and the fact that you focused, hey, it's it's extremely taxing for a teacher to wrestle with being a person, and then all and so uh, navigating through so many systemic barriers, and then also teaching the content. But also from the student perspective, I would say say very similarly as well. Like um, they're dealing with similar they issues, are. and if we as educators are dealing with these barriers that are not even just about teaching. Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to expect our students to absorb the content? Totally. Um,
2: yeah, but, yeah, it's it's a lot for for us, mm-hmm. and it's a lot for our students. And um, I think that, um, oh, you, I just had a thought about this, um, as you were mentioning about, about the students, but, um, I lost it. Sorry. Students, uh... <laughs> you were talking about, yeah, I had it and then it was gone, but that's okay. It might come back later. It might come back later. Oh, yeah.
0: we'll put a pin on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. It's, uh, when I read that quote, it definitely spoke to me. It's like, cause you, you were mentioning.
2: Oh, I got it. I'm sorry. Got, go I got it. it. Sorry. Pin removed.
0: Because
2: I, um, oh gosh, you know, um, I, it makes me think about um, my, 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 uh, you know my my younger sister, she had her first baby years ago. and um you know, like we have a tendency to like give, like just just give ourselves to to people. like mm-hmm. we are, like I'm a mother. i need to I need to breastfeed my child. i like I need to put their needs before my own. Mm-hmm. And that's being a good mother. And uh, you know her husband um, was like, "Babe, what are you doing?" Like, you need to eat. And she was like, no, I need to feed the baby. I need mm-hmm. to do the, all these things. And he was like, if you don't take care of you first, you can't take care of anybody. That Like, you can't give yourself to other people if you are not filled first. And I remember when she told me that, I was like, oh my... And I was already a mother of, like, two at mm-hmm. the time. And I have three kids. And, and that stuck with me. Because, like, I think just the way our culture is, sometimes even for women, and then also just... You know, like you know, being a teacher, like it's so the kids first. The kids first. Yeah. Like we can't give to the students if we are struggling Definitely. and not filled and being supported. You know, by this institution, by this industry. Like, and that, I think that and that is a that is a deeper yeah. systemic issue. Oh, yeah. But, but like. W- Yeah, I mean the children do matter, but teachers matter too Mm -hmm. and the way that we are um, the way that we Take care of ourselves because the industry the institution is not taking care of us Mm -hmm. and like who will do it? And how can we like give the best of ourselves to our students if we can't even you know take care of ourselves as teachers and and be supported by the the institution um, so, anyway, sorry. That was that was what came up. <laughs>
0: no, you're fine. It, 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 that, that's completely that, that's completely fine. And I'm curious. This is not one of the questions i listed. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Um, as you mentioned that, because again, as I was reading this article, I was focusing exclusively, not exclusively. I was focusing a lot on the students. But as we talk now, do you feel like then? Let me flip the script a bit. Do you feel like having more representation? As an educator, having more represent, having fellow co-workers, fellow TEs that are people of color, would that help support, I do you think that helps support, supports our, as you mentioned, our industry, our, our, uh, our, um, our vocation, um, <laughs> if we have more people, would that help support not just our students, but it'll help support our educators and our uh, fellow music educators to become more sustainable?
2: I do because I, when I see you
0: Mm -hmm. and Jamie, (laughs) and I see
2: all of you know, (laughs) I see um, Sophia and Patrick and Ben and uh, Natasha. And um, Manju and um, Patrick. Pa- uh, did I say Patrick? I think I said did Patrick. Did
0: you say Patrick? Well, we can double Patrick. Patrick. He's that but, awesome. You know,
2: like, uh, the, the, the nine people that I interview, uh-huh. when I see them, I don't feel alone. Mm. And, and when I don't feel alone, I feel a little bit more strength. Okay. I feel like I can do things and not feel like I am an outsider. Because there are other outsiders who are probably dealing with the same challenges that I'm dealing with or just internal like just uh the 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 um the inner voices that I have like learned to like listen to that Mm -hmm. like don't help me um they sometimes have them too and knowing that like helps me feel like um I can keep going and I can, I can, I'm not by myself in this. I'm not alone in this Mm. institution, like, you know, like treading water, like against the current, like, oh, there's more of us. And when we feel that sense of community and that likeness, Um, Also knowing that there are various differences within, you know, like, you know, my experiences, like, you know, my friend Kim, who I interviewed also, you know, she she's black and like she has different experiences than I do. But we both have experiences of being marginalized Mm -hmm. and like not being included. And, and, and it's so it's so sad. And also, it happens and not talking about it and pretending it's not there. It doesn't help. It doesn't help, and I think like when we are able to talk about these things, these experiences, these 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 hurts, these like these um. These microaggressions or these aggressions like uh, um, against us uh, for whatever reason, like it's it's an opportunity for us to let them go too, to like say it out loud and to like release it and, and like move forward. So.
0: Yeah, it also gives. it's not just. It's not just as I, as I hear you saying. It's not just for the individual, but it's for everybody. Yeah.
2: yeah, it connects us. It does connect us. It connects us. Like and and I mean, it's not the you know. It's not always beautiful. It's not always like nice no. and kind. And sometimes it's fraught with like hurt and like sadness. But you know, that's just part of life. Like we like the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's never it's never just. You know black and white there's nuances and um and how we move forward and how we talk about these things and and kind of give ourselves grace and like even even the people who hurt us like you know just realizing like everybody's sort of operating on their own hurts and like traumas and like trying to protect themselves um that doesn't mean it's okay it's just that like how do we keep going yeah and how do we how do we build more community, and so that people feel more connected and can heal from some of these things?
0: Hmm. Cool, I like that a lot. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was observing over the summer, I was observing Mika at the. Um, LA or for you, you were, you yeah, started, uh, yeah. love, doing love, apprenticeship. Mika. Mika's love you, Mika, amazing. Mika's <laughs> amazing. if you listen to us, hi, Mika. Um, <laughs> but, um, she's in the article too. <laughs> she is. Yes. Um, and I have, I think I mentioned this on the podcast. I know we haven't released an episode in five years, but like, you know, um, a lot of people have been encouraging me to do movement, mm-hmm. be a movement te. <laughs> And like Josh Block, I love Josh. I love Dave. I love everyone who's encouraged me. But it really wasn't until Mika and you mm-hmm. and also Patrick started nudge edge me. And I, I I think it became something bigger. It wasn't just how, because like, if you know me, I, I get caught up in a lot of things. I want to do everything. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and there's like, but like, it became more of a. When I saw her talking with you, Patrick, and Mika, it was definitely much more of a, here is a community that needs watering. In our article, Mika, speaking of Mika, mm-hmm. uh, she, um, you reference a quote from Mika, who references a quote from her sister, May <laughs> about really asking who's bleeding. Yeah. Thinking about who's bleeding and because despite the fact that i love just getting my hands into a lot of things i as i'm turning you know as i'm entering my mid-30s eventually like i have to decide where what should i be watering and like this is a community like this maybe this is where i should be going because there as you mentioned like there is a necessity for us to come together to for us to heal and for us to then also um also then also to showcase different facets of who we are too with next generation of educators mm-hmm. it's weird for me to say next generation when i still feel young and old in the same sense but I still know. um <laughs> yeah yeah um something else i liked a lot in your, in your article um which once again is coming out soon and everyone listening to this should listen uh, should read <laughs> <laughs> um at the end of your article you kind of ask your interviewees what gifts do you yourself bring as an orphan, a teacher of color mm. um And I know every educator brings something different. But I think I I agree with you, especially when we are, as the article mentions, there's only nine uh, at, there were only nine that you interviewed. Mm -hmm. uh, I should place that caveat. Um, Their voices are much more, it's just different. Um, And so you Mm -hmm. you asked, like, what what gifts do you bring? Um, And uh, reading the responses were really powerful. Um, especially as I know a handful of them mm-hmm. and something that I've been leaning more and more into uh, uh, this past year is that thinking that every single teacher is an artist. Every teacher is an artist. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's kind of weird to talk about is that the medium we, um, we create with are isn't paint, but it's children. And so it gets mm-hmm. a little difficult to talk about, mm-hmm. but. In truth, every teacher is an artist. And as you mentioned, like, every, each person has their own gifts that they bring. And knowing these people and seeing them teach teachers, it's like, yeah, everyone has their own spin. Natasha, she 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 uh, um, paints with, uh, in her own way compared to Mika. And so I, I want to flip the question to you. <laughs> you just got got. Um, you yourself, what do you bring to the Schulwerk? What
2: do I bring? Um... I <laughs> I I think that my gift is being able to connect with people. Mm. And um I just uh I mean I'm a, I'm Filipino and very um my family was very was very superstitious and religious I'm not per se religious but like I believe in science
1: hmm.
2: I believe in um, just paying attention to the things around us like immediately before us and and I I mean you could say that that's mindfulness um, but if I am fully present in the moment like with you or mm-hmm. Jamie or, or whoever I'm with and I I am open to the possibilities of the energy in this space like it it feels alive to me and and like i think i can see i can see you i can see the people around me i can see the children before me and i'm not trying to make them anything that i want them to be Uh i'm just letting this i'm just like i'm here and i think when i um I just i mean i feel fully alive like with that and and i feel fully alive like with the people that i'm with um and it's fun <laughs> and um um that allows me to connect with people and i think whether it's through music or just in conversation or in um over a drink or <laughs> um or in in um you know in this podcast like you know hearing you and then you hearing me just this exchange of energy mm-hmm. it's like us it's us connecting yeah. and um i know that that is a strength that i've had even when i was a little girl like i was a, as a little kid um just like i i just truly enjoy um being present and like being being um in the moment of things like if it, mm-hmm. if i'm by myself in nature and like when i see the trees or if there's a bird that like flies by like just being in that mindful moment. Um it's so magical. Yeah. And so um I know that I bring that for myself. That's not just for other people, that's for me. Mm-hmm. And so like if I can like exist in that way, um and you know, bring that to my teaching or bring it into my singing or you know, my, my playing and, and giving myself grace to just be me and letting other people be themselves. Like that's I think I think that's lovely. Yeah. I, I I try to you know i try to evoke that be i try to be be.
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. and also you not just be but as you mentioned earlier like like the connectedness and the fact that your article you you don't just write an essay and you don't just speak up on your platform you bring other people into the fold and i see that Mm. yeah Mm.
2: well that's how the article started because like uh well, you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, how your did car. it start? Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: oh yeah. Okay. So sure the uh, <laughs> listeners. We were here talking about a lot of content just coming out, out the window you're you're chatting like, in the chat. Talk. Stop! Don't talk. We're going to save it for the <laughs> podcast.
2: Um, so the article um, after my book came out in twenty twenty
0: one, Songs of the Sun. Songs of the Sun, which is <laughs> referenced in an earlier podcast. Okay. So she'll <laughs> Check that book. Just
2: um, so it came out in twenty twenty one, and then. Um, An Orf colleague from the Orf Echo um, Mm -hmm. contacted my publisher and said, "You know, I'd like to get Tiffany's email to see if she wanted to like write an article for um, the Orf Echo about her book." And so um, she contacted me um, and and asked, like, you know, if I wanted to write something about my book. And I was like, "No, (laughs) I don't. No, thanks." Um, And then she said, if you
0: mind me asking? Why is that?" Why didn't you want to I... write a book when other people would have loved to just use that as an advertising I... ploy? You decided, no. You know,
2: I, at the time, I think I was just really overwhelmed okay. like with That's all fair. of the, I, I was like, I'm I'm already, the, you know, just the nervousness of having like put something out there yeah. and feeling like, okay, I spent so much time on this and like, I don't. It's, it's, it was just, I just, I wasn't feeling it. Sure, like, I don't yeah. want to write about, I don't want to write about my book after I just wrote a book. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to write about that. And, um, and, you know, and she was totally cool about it. And she said, well, what are you interested in? What do you want to do? And I had said, you know, I had told you that, like, um, you know, when I started the ORF course at San Jose State, you know, in 2019 i my my goal was to find TEs of color and like i remember going to aosa and like asking like who are the TEs of color very small number you know like it was even lower than like, nine yeah. at that time and um and so um that had always been something in the back of my mind like you know who what if i what if i um find all of the TEs of color and just interview them hmm. and then write write this article about um them and just you know highlighting highlighting these people who teach so many, you know, TEs in the United States, sometimes, I, you know, I'd like internationally. And um, who are they? Yeah. And um, so I've found them. Um, and, you know, it, it was... Um, uh, and then I had a set of questions, and then I emailed them all the questions. I mean, this is still during the pandemic. And so I was emailing all of the questions, and I just asked, like, if you are willing to, to answer these questions, and I will piece it together into an article that that um is cohesive somehow just based on the answer so i didn't know how i was going to write it i was waiting for their answers mm. and so they sent all nine um of the oh, I there were 10 people i reached out to nine of them responded and they sent me their answers and then that's how i wrote the article it was based on their answers and like how could i conform, like what kind of what what kind of um um answers did they provide that sort of led to the research too based on the challenges that they'd experienced and that's that that led to the research as well so i kind of had some some um you know some articles and quotes that i was thinking of but you know hearing their their words and their perspective helped me see more and then that like you know it it sort of expanded but then it, it it was sort of it embraced like their my goal was to embrace like you know who they were, yeah. who they who they are, and like you know the um, you know the things that they bring to this world.
0: Um, and you definitely, I feel like you definitely captured that. Oh, good, yay! Yeah. Hey. No, I, as I mentioned earlier, like uh, I think it helps. Though I know it's like uh, over half these people, um, but like we have, I'm not sure. I've been to the math yet, um, but you, I, I, as I know them, their voice, like, oh, yep, that's them. Yeah, that's yeah. them. And that's it, Michael. You nailed it. You <laughs> nailed yeah. it, it. it. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, And I really... It seems like a big part of this whole... This whole article is belongingness. And this conversation, as I mentioned earlier, went a different direction than I thought, and that's completely fine. You started focusing a lot on the teachers, and that's great. We do need more advocacy for teachers, not just students, Mm -hmm. but teachers. But I think also, as you mentioned, this connectedness that you had with your fourth grade uh, choir teacher, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's also... like. I don't like using that word it's it flows down it flows down so like if you get like like you being the TDE you teach other people and then those people then teach the students and like it's like paying it forward paying it forward exactly yeah Yeah. and there is definitely this this belongingness that you not only create amongst your students but also amongst your teacher friends and amongst your teacher community and nine is just too small like,
2: it's not nine anymore. I, it's, not nine, it's 11. Regardless, <laughs> like, but, but it was but nine,
0: it was nine, yeah, and yeah. it's like, uh, okay, that's, uh, I just, I'm just blown by the, the statistics, like, that's 21% of teachers are BIA, mm-hmm. and then of the, if we just said it was nine, 10, but nine, because I only did math <laughs> before this, um, that's 6%, that's 6%, mm-hmm. that's too low to represent our teachers, and even worse to represent our, our student population, and...
2: It's changing because it's changing. maybe next year you'll be, you'll yeah. be number 12. Well, no, 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 not
0: next, not yes, this 15 more than a year, right? right? We'll be, um, you know, 13, 14. And so,
2: yeah, it's going to change. It's gonna, it's, gonna,
0: it's, it will change. I absolutely agree. Over time. But, as
2: we do things like this, as we, you know, just we're, we're changing like, you know, our focus and our yeah. framework and, and, um, and it takes everybody. It, it does. It, just, it takes everyone, you know, just seeing things a little bit more with, a different lens or, or or just looking at things a little differently so that we can be more inclusive, so that we can provide more access, so that we can, you know, just um, honor everyone that, mm-hmm. you know, where where we've all only only seen and honored like a handful.
0: And so uh, that all that, yes, and then also to add on to it, like, so that... We could have more people like me when i was in your class and we could have more people like you when you were in yeah. your fourth grade class that yeah. they can just seep and bu- feel like they belong yeah. in the music world because yeah. everyone does belong there
2: yeah, yeah. everyone
0: everyone does everyone yeah. well thank you so much tiffany um i really enjoyed this conversation i really uh i really loved your article i, I learned a lot and i learned oh, a lot you. again something, as you you mentioned already, but like something that you bring when I'm, when anyone's around you, you bring this connectedness Mm -hmm. and your article does it beautifully with the nine Mm -hmm. that you showcase. Thank you. Um, Awesome. So, uh... Then after the break, then we're going to take a quick break. But after the break, we're going to do our tradition of spiccato and also around the week.
1: I want to take a quick break and thank my husband, Brian, who's been working behind the scenes producing these episodes every week on all of the platforms and on time. But you need to know that he is first a financial planner for Mission Trails Financial. Mission Trails Financial is a partner that seeks to guide clients in the journey to financial success. They believe that people need a financial advisor that aims to provide strategies for success. Mission Trails Financial helps people navigate investments, tax planning, and insurance. Imagine working with an advisor who isn't tied to specific brands. Mission Trails Financial has a fiduciary responsibility to act in the best interests of their clients by providing independent, objective advice. Their mission is to help clients accomplish their financial goals. As Joe Vitale once said, a goal should scare you a little and excite you a lot. Do yourself a favor and set up a time to chat with Mission Trails Financial. Visit www.missiontrailsfinancial.com or call 619-419-0238 to schedule a call. You'll be glad you did. We believe that leaning on professionals is how we get ahead. Check out the program notes for more information.
0: Welcome back to our podcast with Tiffany. And also now we have a third person, hey. Jamie Jun. Good to see you. Or Woo-hoo. for me to see you. And we need to get you on the podcast.
3: Sure, at yeah, some point. At some point. Jamie, Glad to be here.
0: Um, just a qu- quick, who, who are you, Jamie? Jamie Jun. And why are you here? Rhymes with fun. <laughs> <Talk to
3: you. laughs> I'm here because I am... I'm a music educator uh-huh. as well. I am an elementary music teacher. This is my eighth year oh, yeah. full time teaching in Sacramento area and I am loving it.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've been hanging out with the Sacramento crew uh, <laughs> this past few <laughs> days. To that dark side. <sighs> Yeah, it actually is darker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, we'll, we'll definitely do an episode dedicated to you, Jamie. But um, we have Spicato. Before we do Spicato, just a hard left turn. want to let you thank you once again, everyone. This is our beginning of our fourth season, and it's been a wild journey. A lot of faces come, go, and also a lot of great... Uh, people participating like um, Tiffany and uh, Jamie, she's kind of here, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is all because of your support. Thank you so much. Um, what helps the support really is to make sure if you can uh, get out your phone, stop the car, like, pull the median. Just, just just, just, go on your app and just hit that, you know, five-star review. Type a review if someone stops you. He's like, why are you doing this? It's because like, I'm listening to I Chaotic Army. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, make sure you leave a review. Five stars is the best way to do it. You can do it on any podcast listening app. And also, while you're at it, even if you don't listen to us on YouTube, go to YouTube. Go like and subscribe. Helps our visibility so we can make this community grow and make us keep on going. That all said, spiccato. <laughs> So we were talking to earlier, Tiffany, you were mentioning how conducting, <laughs> <laughs> conducting in the elementary world is so vastly different. Um, so, but what would you use in an elementary music classroom with a baton? What would you do? I mean, like, you could, yeah, what would you do uh, in an elementary classroom or an orphan classroom if you want to be more specific? I don't know. Uh, and I'm saying other than conduct.
2: Other than conduct. Hmm. Conjure a spell.
0: Mm, okay. Conjure a spell. There is that. Yeah. Uh, for me, my first thing actually is utilizing this uh, point up or down as. Um, uh, I'm blanking on words right now. Um, melodic singing. So mm. upward uh, angle, having to sing upwards. Mm-hmm. Higher angle, sing even higher. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Jamie, Tiffany, anything you guys think of?
3: Well, this is um, the first thought since this past week I've been playing with rhythm sticks with my students. Mm. Okay. And before we even play with rhythm sticks, we were just playing around with what other things we could do with them. So I was thinking something similar, except now that it's this baton, which is super thin, mm-hmm. we have to be even more delicate with it. Ooh. So it mm-hmm. could be the next step after rhythm six because they're so thick. But now we have to practice actually being very gentle okay, with more effort with how we, how we play with the baton this time.
0: I like it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Other than letting um, us off, well, you-
2: since you were talking about rhythm sticks and when I do want um, to introduce the rhythm sticks to the students, we do a lot of dramatic play and this looks okay. like a big toothpick that you can like, you're like, you know, um, exactly. giant, like picking your
0: teeth. Oh, with someone's going to do that. Jason's going to grab it and yeah. start picking your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, this could be another good um, thing that came to mind is also using the baton in the conducting method, but more so for expressionism instead of just con- like for body expressionism and expressionism whatnot. Mm. So while I listen to music, like how am I conducting? Am I conducting stiffly? Am I conducting with fluidity? Am I conducting, mm. conducting with like a sustain? Mm. Is it sudden? Bringing this leban. Words in there.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing yes. is, I was just thinking when the way you we're holding it, like melodic contour, uh-huh. and it's such a thin stick, it and so is. like finding your, you know, knowing like if, depending on the color of the baton, but like the background and like the students, like you know, following the direction of the baton and how it's moving. Okay, so and, making like, more you know, dynamic yeah, instead
0: like, of just static. Yeah, yeah, okay. or like the
2: students have to follow, like it, like you know, it's like a, an airplane and it's going down, mm. and they have to like. What or a, a it roller
3: coaster.
0: Like? A... Oh yeah,
2: yeah, like that, yeah. Call
0: Contour. That's what I was waiting for. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Okay. Cool. And like a sp. It could be like a, like a rocket, like going okay. up and it's like,
0: <laughs> yeah, going straight up. <laughs> I can imagine a lot. Do, do, do kids still throw up pencils into, into the ceiling?
2: Yes. Not, oh, in not in my room.
0: Not my room. Not in my room. But I know they not do. Not John Sullivan's room. <laughs> but theoretically, do
2: they? <laughs> High school, they do it.
0: <laughs> I still remember my first year. Right? The stupid thing of like having tape spots and also we were like it was less orf um actually zero orf really but i would have kids respond write down responses to the music they're listening to and there was this like huge fetish of kids just stabbing the tape with their pencils
3: oh yeah
0: yeah first year
3: i've never heard of that
0: you never heard of it no it's on our podcast have you done it huh have you done it what stab tape yeah, it's kind of satisfying. It is. No, I understand. No, no, I, I totally it's get like it. It's like totally oh. get it. It is like. A little the, the, more
3: the, insight into Tiffany <laughs> <laughs> It's the punch There's a release. sound and the a feeling. Yes.
0: It, it's somatic. I, I get it. Yeah.
2: I, How yeah, dare I, you? I know, I, I know. It. <laughs> it's calling to me to stab it. Yeah, mm.
0: that's just. <laughs> well, there you have this it. This is why
2: we're elementary teachers. <laughs> <I
0: know. laughs> If you have an idea of what you do with a baton other than use it for conducting choir or band, mm. let us know. Send us an email at chaoticharmonyclassman at or we'll get the socials later. <laughs> awesome. Uh, next off, round of the week.
1: Round of the week.
0: So, Tiffany, you mentioned th- about this. You, you have a song for us.
2: I do. I do. So um, I recently came back from Austria because awesome, I awesome. play and sing with a jazz orchestra in Sacramento. It was my first, no, my second time in Austria, but like on tour with a with an ensemble. And yes, so, yeah, yeah we Any we had gone j- last j- week. Nope, never. No, same here. Oh, okay. It's amazing. And, and yeah, if you Apparently ever go to Vienna, cool. like you don't need to buy, you just need to be in Vienna. It's like going to you just need to be there there's okay. so many things to see it's mm-hmm. it's 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 amazing and um so um and anyway i came back and i, I teach um you know at sac state and um i teach um, liberal arts majors who many of them are not musicians but um, one of the things I told them was that I, I am very limited in my German and um, but I know how to say good morning which mm-hmm. is guten morgen and it made me think of a, um, a round that Jamie knows as well yes and, and
0: I um don't so it's all new to me <laughs>
2: <laughs> so do I just sing it? I just... yeah can you sing it first? okay or do you
0: both want to sing it? No. oh
2: yeah it might be better with
1: one person first oh and
2: then you want to just come in oh I'll sing it first by myself and then you can sing it in the round or yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, let's do that, okay, so, so, so unison and then mm-hmm.
2: two part. yeah? Okay, Chris. sounds okay. good. Guten Morgen, guten Morgen, good morning, good morning, buenos dias, buenos dias, buongiorno, buongiorno. Guten Morgen, Guten Morgen, Guten Morgen, Guten Morgen. Buenos
3: dias, buenos dias, buenos dias, buenos dias. buenos buongiorno.
0: I think I got that. okay just, So you try it together in three-part rounds. Oh,
3: sure. So, yeah, yeah let's, yeah, let's do it. Hopefully okay. my voice can handle this. <laughs>
2: Guten Morgen, guten Morgen, good morning, good morning. Buenos días, buenos días. Buon giorno, buongiorno. Guten Morgen, guten Morgen, guten Morgen, guten Morgen. Buenos días,
0: buenos días. Buenos dias. That was lovely. Yay. I like it. Can Yay. I tell
2: you how I taught it?
0: Please, by all yeah. means. Yes.
2: So I was telling the college students that um, Guten Morgen was... The term that I used to like greet um, all of the hotel attendants in the morning Mm, (laughs) when I went downstairs for breakfast. Guten Morgen, and I could say Danke and Bitte and all of you know just these few phrases. Um, So I wrote it on the board, Guten Morgen, and then I wrote down the meaning, Good morning. And then I asked the students, like, what are other ways, other ways to say good morning? And Mm. then they mentioned like you know Buenos Dias. They mentioned like you know um, just other languages and you know in in Japanese and like Filipino and. And um, and then I just circled, you know, the words, the ones that like, oh, okay, well, let's do Guten Morgen and Good Morning and Buenos Dias and then Buongiorno. That's and then, cool. Then, like, then um, we added movement to each phrase and then um, said them in order in the order that I pre-selected and then and then, <laughs> um, and, then led, and then started singing it and you know a lot of them don't want to sing but like we just started singing because they were already doing it in their body yeah. and they were already doing it in this order and And so, and that's how they, that's how I was able to like get them to sing because even getting adults to sing that don't want to sing is challenging, challenging. (laughs) but they did. And it was, um, it was lovely. And they, you know, the more people sing, you know, even if they've never sung before, they get better every time. So. I was going to say, that sounds really lovely. I wish I had been there to see that. Oh, mm. yeah, it's super. Well, you can do it. Yeah, do <laughs> yes. true. I could do it. Just steal that <laughs> idea. Just do it.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us. Jamie. Thank
2: you.
0: Thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for doing this, John. No, it's, it's yes. it, 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 all of this. I love, like, similar to what you were just sharing earlier about, like, bringing voice together. I love bringing voice together. We have a lot of important things to share, and it's important for everyone to hear them yeah um mm. tiffany is there anything you'd like to plug anything uh uh
2: listen to john's podcast no, 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 no. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, yeah. hopefully you're listening to this already if you're not i don't know how you're doing this but <laughs> alas <laughs> like,
2: how um, are you living your life i just
0: don't know well, how are you how, yeah, yeah but uh <laughs> is there anything you like to you mentioned it earlier but uh you have a something something right Maybe a book that maybe oh a
2: book (laughs) I do have a book. It's called Songs of the Sun: Filipino Folk Songs for the Musical Classroom, Mm -hmm. and you can get it uh, um, at Beaten Path Publications. You can also get it at West Music. You can also get it at J.W. Pepper, um, and yeah, other places I think. But those are the ones that I recently learned that they are selling now too. So
0: and digital form and also it's digital
2: and in um, yeah, you can get a, a a paper copy
0: awesome yeah, awesome yeah. and if people want to contact you what's the best way
2: oh uh i mean you can find me on social media on facebook or instagram um or email uh but just yeah i'm at san jose state and sac state you can find my email addresses there awesome. and so
0: cool, yeah. cool cool awesome and jamie i know we barely had you join us but since we will be having you eventually <laughs> and everyone we will have voice. you <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you if, if if you so choose
3: um, I'm not famous or anything, but yet. I'm just a humble elementary music
0: teacher in Sacramento. <laughs> Who likes giving shade John Sullivan? <laughs>
3: but um, I am part of the um, board of the Sacramento ORF chapter. She is
2: president of the Sacramento ORF chapter, American River. Flaunt yes. yes. <laughs> it,
3: We are called American River ORF Show Worker Association, or AROSA for short. Mm-hmm. So you can find our chapter, and possibly me, on um, Facebook and Instagram. We are called American River Orf.
0: Awesome, thank you. And you can find me on all the socials at Mr. Seligman, M-R-S-E-L-I-G-M-A-N. Um Yeah, on Twitter, TikTok. follow I'll have to fix that. Um, <laughs> you, and also, you can uh, find us, chaotic Harmony, um, at Ch Classroom on all the socials except for YouTube. It's YouTube.com slash Katarina Harmony Classroom. Um, also, if you want to ask us a question or if you have any uh, concerns, you can email us at or her, no, no, no concerns. Just as good questions. <laughs> <laughs> Classroom at gmail.com. Thank you all for being part of this and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye.
1: The Chaotic Harmony Podcast is a joint project between Crystal Pridmore and Jonathan Seligman. You can find us online at chaoticharmonyclassroom.com. You can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail and let us know what you think. Give us feedback about what you would like to hear in future episodes. We're on all the socials. Find us on facebook.com chaoticharmonyclassroom. You can find us on Twitter at chclassroom, Instagram at chaoticharmonyclassroom. And you can even find our episodes on YouTube. Chaotic Harmony is the name of of our channel special thanks to brian pridmore for his help with production and equipment www.pridmorea.com